In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's lovely to welcome Karis and to enjoy the wonderful music our choir produces. But the choir here has been through many ups and downs in its thousand-year history. When my predecessor, Robert Gregory, arrived here as a canon in 1868 with a vision for making St. Paul's a living and lively cathedral, he described the badly organized choir as, I quote, wretched. Considering of six, consisting of six or eight boys and two, three or four men, just as they happened to turn up. The appointed music sometimes had to be changed because there was not men of the right voice to sing what was appointed. The choir was disgraceful in attendance and sang miserable services. You see, times have moved on somewhat. And one of the best things that Gregory did to move them on was to make the appointment of the very gifted John Stainer as organist and master of the choristers in 1872. The choir has just sung his anthem for Trinity Sunday, I Saw the Lord, which Stainer wrote at the age of 19. He'd been a boy chorister here, became university organist at Oxford, and returned to St. Paul's at the age of 32 with the task of sorting out the choir, which he did by increasing the number of adult men from a notional 12 to an actual 18, and the number of boys from 12 to 35. And he got the adults actually to rehearse and learn new music, instead of just singing the same music over and over again. And I'm sure from what she and her colleagues do that Karis and our current adult choir are assiduous at rehearsals as are our hard-working choristers, of course. John Stainer died, worn out by his hard work, at the age of 60. And he has a monument in this cathedral. You can see it after the service. It's on the wall just over there, round the corner from the North Choir Gates, in between the statue of Samuel Johnson and the stairs going down to the crypt. Henry Pegram was the sculptor of Stainer's memorial, and he described what he carved there as a picture of the prophet Isaiah with outstretched arms kneels near an altar, from the smoke of which arises the vision, Christ enthroned and encircled by seraphim. And carved on the monument are the opening words of Stainer's anthem, I saw the Lord the words from Isaiah chapter 6. Today is Trinity Sunday and Isaiah 6 is often used on this day as a reading from scripture. And Pegram's visual representation on Stainer's memorial of Isaiah's vision of God as an appearance of Jesus Christ paradoxically shows how by trying to be definite and clear about the Trinity, you can actually obscure its truth. What do I mean? Well, if you have a look in your service book at the two Bible readings for this afternoon, both of them visions of God by prophets, one taken from Ezekiel and one from Revelation. The most common phrases you'll see in those two Bible readings are something like, 
the appearance of and looks like, all being the acknowledgement that we can't describe or understand God, whether in words or sculptures, but we can only suggest analogies, experiences, hints of what God is like. We can't say what God is in, well, what you might call God's self, for we can't even speak of God as him or her or he or she, as God includes both and is beyond both. St. Augustine, the great early church theologian from North Africa said, when you ask what is Trinity, human speech suffers from a great lack of power. Nevertheless, we say three persons not in order that we should say that this is how it is, but in order that we should not be silent. In other words, we can say that God is like three persons in one substance, but not that God is that. We can worship and experience God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but how this actually works is beyond what we can understand. And the difficulty of understanding the Trinity has long been used as a reason to deny its truth. From Jews and heretics and Muslims and atheists, people have described the idea that, of God being Trinity as illogical, blasphemous, or many other things. But Christians want to say, not only that if God is truly God, then God should be beyond our understanding but also that paradox and mystery will better represent the reality of God as we experience God in Jesus Christ. The Nicene Creed of the fourth century, which we say in church on a Sunday morning, says that God is defined not in words, not in abstract concepts, but by God's work in the history of Jesus Christ a view disputed at the time and since, and yet a unique insight into the true nature of the God who loves us and is intimately involved with our lives. Next Sunday lunchtime, as you can see from the advert in the back of your service booklet, on the 3rd of June, we have a lunchtime adult forum, which we do every month. And this month's forum talk is Dr. Krish Kandaya talking about paradoxology. The idea that only in paradox, in working to hold together two different and apparently incompatible insights, can we get deeper into the nature of true reality. And paradox is something which science is aware of too. The 18th century scientist Isaac Newton had sorted out the universe, so he thought, with an explanation of gravity that made it all work. So we thought we knew what the universe was. It became apparent, though, there were a few problems where the universe didn't quite seem to fit with the expectations of Newton's theory. And there were increasing efforts made to refine his system, to adjust it, to make it fit. One example was the nature of light. Was light a wave or a set of particles? 
Experiments in the 20th century suggested different conclusions. Now light behaves like a wave, now it behaves like a particle. There has to be a better way of understanding what light was. But for 25 years, there was a situation when people could see that reality could be understood in different ways, but couldn't work out how to hold them together. It wasn't until the mid-1920s that scientists developed quantum mechanics as a way of understanding reality, a way which was hotly disputed. Albert Einstein wouldn't accept it. It's still in progress, but it's borne much fruit in technology and a further understanding of the world. In quantum mechanics, you can have something which is two different things at the same time. It doesn't seem to make sense, and yet it works. And until someone discovers a great unifying theory, even science has to live with paradox. So why not theology? What's wrong with God's truth being paradoxical, more complex, bigger than we are, God being three in one? I started off by talking about music, and I want to end with it too. For music is another way of engaging with paradox and a deeper truth. A way that's about analogy and feeling and experience. The doctrine of the Trinity began not in the idea that we could speculate about God and come up with a better idea, but in the experience that the first disciples had of God in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And music gives us that experience of discontinuity, of challenge, of analogies, hints, longings, wonderings. Music reconciles disharmony and order. It both calms us and unsettles us. It reminds us that prosaic everyday life is not our ultimate reality and that there is no last word on anything but only music and silence. The main reason that Robert Gregory wanted a good choir at St. Paul's was because he had a high vision of cathedral worship, expressed in the words of his contemporary, Edward Benson, the Bishop of Truro, as, I quote, the ceaseless supplication for grace, the perpetual intercession, the endless praise, unbroken yet ever new, like nature herself, with daily varying, never changing majesty. A vision like Isaiah's, of God touching the world, filling the temple with smoke, a vision which John Stainer aspired to in his music, as in his choir reforms, a vision to which we aspire today. And the role of the choir is to help us to encounter God through Jesus Christ in awe, love, and praise. 
beyond all speculation and words and wonderings. And we pray for Caris and her colleagues, that with them we may experience and be transformed by the loving and unknowable grace of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.